who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast what episode are we on i didn't even i even looked 108 maybe sure Nine? 108 something like that welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountes and with me is uh, Eric forgot Sanchez. You. I thought you forgot your name real quick. Like, like I forgot uh, the show number. <laughs> yeah. Like second grade. It's like, what's your name? And, uh, you know, what grade are you in? Who's your uh, daddy? What, what does, does he, he do? do? So yeah. But um, positively underscore Eric on Twitter. It's what it's episode whatever of the PPW podcast. Right. Here, right. Yeah. We're coming in something. Hot today, I feel like. Yeah. Coming in hot. We're, we've been off a couple of weeks. We did our Christmas show a couple of weeks ago. We took yeah. the holiday break as, as is custom for most people and, and mm-hmm. we're back and we're back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and this week we're going to do a show that I thought we had done before but I would check the archives and we have not the 1992 Royal Rumble and the reason I thought we did it before was because way way back in episode 4 of the podcast when we mm-hmm. first started yeah. we were pretty bad at this whole podcasting and maybe we still <laughs> are but back then we were we did a show on Royal Rumble, Me- Royal Rumble Memories yeah and obviously this came on, and I'm really curious to see if your opinion has changed since we first recorded that show of your thoughts in the 92 Rumble. Should I tell you now and we just end the show? No. Okay. This is a podcast, man. you got to hook people. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, it could be like a, you know, 108.1 part point one or part one. No, I don't think it's a good idea. <clears throat> okay. Okay. If you want to follow us, guys, on Twitter, we are at PPW Podcast. You can find us there for all show information, for upcoming show information, show suggestions, tweets, uh, DMs. Sometimes I'll give stuff away. Sometimes I'll sell stuff. And sometimes I'll buy stuff. Everything else, PPW Podcast on Twitter. If you want to find us on your favorite podcast app, just search Positively Processing Podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio. If you have a podcast app, search for us. We will feed right into that. Also, I found out uh, when I post the links on Twitter, you can play it just through Twitter. So if you don't want to download an app, you can do that too. And if you want to support the show, a few t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. And now that we're into 2021, we will launch a couple new designs sometime maybe around February. Uh, I'll work with you on those, Eric, and maybe some Valentine's presents for people. Couple T-shirts for everyone on there, all right. and yeah, that, that's that's basically all the proper's, right? I can't think of anything else. We're, we're we're in it, we're rocking and rolling. So first off, really quickly, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? Was everything good with you and your family and your new family? Yeah, everything, every, everything went well. Um, I decided to traditionally we do Christmas Eve at my house, but because of the pandemic and such and such and so and so's, I decided to um, spend it with my new family. Would you guys do just hang out and watch Christmas movies? Yeah, and we just hung food? out, and one of the reasons was, um, I mean, everybody's kind of weary of, you know, catching uh, COVID. So uh, my brother-in-law, he works at uh, at a retail store, and I mean, he's around all these different people, so I, I thought it was pretty safe bet to just kind of stay away mm-hmm. from him for a while, uh, only because 
we had talked about it before and if I was going to be around them, you know, she thought it would be because she's with elderly, uh, her parents and her kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I was going to be around them, like I drove them to the airport a while back and she's like, well, you should probably um, quarantine for a little bit just to make sure you didn't catch anything. I said, of course. So I did that. And I didn't want to have to quarantine for their Christmas and stuff because, I mean, they look forward to me being there and I kind of hyped it up that Sanchez Claus was coming to town and, <laughs> you know, and then I, I just totally like overlooked the fact that my sister and, and her husband were going to come over for Christmas Eve. And then, so we were talking about it and she's like, well, if I didn't know this, I didn't know that. And I'm like, well, then I just kind of surprised her. On what her did the, what the kids think of their presents? I know you got like one, the sun, like the arcade sign and the Funko oh, yeah, Pop. He, he loved them. Well, at least yeah. he pretended to love him. He's, he's a good good liar if he is. <laughs> if, if he didn't like him. <laughs> he no, should he be a wrestler. Liked, he should be a wrestler if he's a good He liar. really liked him. Yeah, good, he got good. The, like the 8-bit uh, Funko Pop. I think Ryu, he's like, awesome. And then the arcade sign he really liked. And then there was this print that I got him. I forgot what it was, uh, what it was called, but it was like a Banksy-inspired type uh, suit. Yeah. Uh, Mario Brother with the, like Banksy art. And I remember asking him if he liked Banksy. Um, street artists and stuff like that from the UK. And he's like, well, I never heard of it. So I, guess I kind of sent him a link. I don't know if he looked at it, never really replied, but he liked that one too. I mean, it's cool. like as soon as he opened it, like an hour later, I go upstairs and he already put it on a wall. <laughs> cool. That That's good. It's always good to see people react to gifts and yeah. and all that too. We got uh, our daughter's presents, obviously, or Santa brought them presents, but the thing that we thought would be cool turned out to be kind of a pet idea. So oh. obviously, like you said, because of the pandemic, like the big family gatherings aren't happening. We we saw my dad and my sister, but that was about it. Like we normally go to my uncle's, there's a big gathering. We see my wife's family, all that stuff. And everyone sent presents to us for the daughter, for the kids, which was awesome. And rather than having them all open as they came, we're like, let's like wait till Christmas morning. The girls will be so pumped to see so many presents under the tree. And they were but with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, they have an expiration date on pretty much anything, even opening mm-hmm. presents. So by the end, they were ready to like, like whining and like were annoyed with each other and all that. Yeah. Not to mention my two-year-old opens presents one piece at a time. Like it's hilarious, but like, all right, let's get moving here, kiddo. And you know how it is. And yeah. it ended up being kind of a bad idea, but it was still fun. Kids loved their presents. They had fun. And on New Year's Eve, uh, we had a couple mutual friends. They're basically my, my cousin I grew up. She's not really my cousin, but we call her that. Her and her husband and their daughter came over because they both hadn't really seen anybody and we hadn't seen anybody. So we're like, all right, we're, we're good to go. And it was nice to just have an interaction with adults and the kids got to play. Yeah, that's nothing, nice. Nothing too crazy and drank and had some champagne. And <laughs> it's good times. Good times yeah. for sure. Well, I had called my mom on a New Year's Eve. I don't know if you got that far yet, but New Year's Eve, I usually call my parents or my sister at at New Year's Eve after the countdown and all that stuff, wish them a happy new year. My mom asked me, she's like, are you drinking? And we didn't get champagne or anything like that. And I said, no, not really. She's like, you're not drinking this year? And I said, no. I mean, usually I do, right? And I said, no. And then like 20 minutes later, I just started making like rum and Cokes. (laughs) I'm like, this ain't a New Year's without a little drink. (laughs) Yeah. And even if you're not, maybe a little uh, like a soda or a pop or something to treat yourself if you're not a drinker, you know, something to treat yourself. (laughs) All right. Enough enough of the drinking talk and all that. Uh, Any other, before we get into this week's show topic and the Rumble 92 and everything we think about it and, and all the flashbacks we might have about episode four of the show, uh-huh. any wrestling stuff you've been looking at or any purchases or, or things you've I'm seen? Gl- I'm glad cool? you asked. Cause I finally, okay. you know, I finally made a good purchase Let's oh, hear in it. my eyes. Cause it's something I wanted, but when ringside has their like Christmas sales and their, yeah. um, cyber Monday sales and cyber Monday 3.0 cyber Monday 4.0, yeah. 
And I, I took your advice from like two years ago. I'm, I'm going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep waiting. You know, I don't need it right now. So New Year's Day, I'm like, well, this has got to be the last sale of the year. So I look at New Year's Day. Everything's cheaper than it was like before the Cyber Mondays. And they have the free shipping um, over 50 bucks with that coupon code. And I'm like, all right. So I'm looking at stuff. And yeah, I, I really wanted that EOS Shirai because to me, that EOS Shirai just looks so awesome. I've been wanting it for a while. So I'm like, well, they got that for 13 bucks. I got that. Then I wanted the uh, Naomi figure because I don't have a Naomi figure. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this is the one I want, you know, the glow one. Um, so I got that one. And I also got the new Bailey which I think yeah, of all the Baileys that are out there, like I, I like like the network spotlight ones, but they just never really got her face right. So I really mm-hmm. like the, the new Bailey, even though it's the short haircut and all that kind of stuff. It, it's current. Mm-hmm. I like it. So that's what I got. And I got a couple more uh, ringside stands just to kind of get it over uh, 50 bucks. Sure. To get it over the, the hump. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, I had a few things in my cart, but I never really pulled the trigger. I, I had the Hardy Boys Brood 2-pack. And mm-hmm. then I had the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania exclusive, or not exclusive, the new set where he's like the WrestleMania 9 gear. Yeah. I had that Hogan Ultimate. But then I was like, you know, I have the Storm Collectibles Hollywood, which I think is awesome. And the Ultimate is starting to show up in Targets. So I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I'll save money then because it's only 29 bucks at Target. And they usually have coupons and stuff. So I could probably get it for 25 mm-hmm. So I'm going to be patient and wait. I haven't seen it yet. However, I have started to see some of the AEW, not figures yet, but the SKUs are up on the pegs. So AEW figures are coming to Target. So okay. that's kind of a good sign for everybody. Yeah, if but you see, really. if you if you're happen to be out and you see a uh, Pentagon, you know, that's the only okay. one I really want. I was going to pre-order wait for, it. Wait for the, like no, pre-order, pre-order the boss fight one, man. It looks so much better. The who? Boss fight. What's that? It's a different um, figure company. They make the Lucha figures. So they have a Penta, and there's this, it's. I mean, I haven't seen the AEW one yet, but I'll show you. It looks fantastic. Okay, I'll, I'll send you. Well, I'll send I thought you a link the AEW one looked pretty good. It was available on pre-order on New Year's yeah. Eve, but I didn't. I didn't pre-order it. It's still available for pre-order on Ringside. Uh, yeah, I saw it today. I think not the one series you're two talking or series about. Series three. No, no, two. no. The the Ringside one, the AEW one. Yeah, that's not available anymore. At least it that's wasn't not. when I last looked. I think all they had left was like the the new Bucks and something else. Darby Allen and uh, yeah, Orange yeah, yeah. Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. Well, you might be right. I'll t- I'm taking a look right now. Ringside Collectibles and the new uh, Jerry Lawler. I was going to buy that one too, and I'm like, yeah, twenty seven dollars. I can you know probably find it on Amazon. You know, eight months from now for fifteen bucks. <laughs> you know what? You're right. It's not there. So I will keep an eye out, and I'll also send you the link to that uh, Boss Fight Studios. One okay. As cool. Well. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one too. All right. Yeah. For me, like I said, nothing really, and I'm kind of being way more selective with my stuff lately. Although I will say I did get the Jack's Bone Crunchers Series 5 Stone Cold Steve Austin in the box still, in the package still, nice. to go up on my uh, Jack's Bone Crunchers little mini wall I've got uh, behind the couch. I've got that one. I've got the Ken Shamrock, the Legion of Doom tag team, and the first Stone Cold and the Austin 316 shirt that was ever out in the Shotgun Saturday Night Jack's Look at you. Uh, pack. So, yeah, I mean, these aren't valuable they're you know ten dollar figures or something like that which is hilarious that people bought these for ten bucks or five bucks like these mm. would be worth money someday but <laughs> add to there they're just cranking stuff out like crazy so yeah. <laughs> stuff doesn't hold their value but well that's good the I mean, there's AEW, a lot of stuff that is valuable there out there have you seen the AEW stuff about i know this is supposed to be in rumble 92 we're talking figures but that's okay the AEW chases have you seen like everyone's finding them and everyone's finding like five of them it's crazy yeah i've, I've seen on twitter yeah so I smell a little bit of... Uh, like one out of two? <laughs> no, I smell a little bit of like uh, the uh, fake demand created. 
by okay. Jazz Wars, maybe. Like, hype everyone up to go find these things, and mm-hmm. they're everywhere. You know, I could be wrong, could be. but... I could be, but... I don't know. I don't think they had to do that just because of how crazy it was now, but those Series 1s are still kind of expensive, and I'm glad I got my Series 1 when I did. I yeah. never forget that day. I went to so many different Walmarts and found them all except for Brandy, and one day she came back up on ringside and I pre-ordered her, so... Yeah. I, went to the, I went to the Walmart by our house, and I don't know why I expect anything uh, to be on the show. There's nothing there ever, <laughs> I go ever. There, I'm like, oh, okay, I see the WWE sign down the aisle from the end of the aisle. Yeah. I walk towards it. There's nothing there. Usually there might be like a, a couple Roman Reigns. Uh, uh, what? Are the, not the Elites. What are the other ones? Basics. Yeah, just the, sorry, I'm so stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like, like a couple Basics or like a Finn Balor Basic. Just to get, kind of sitting there for, I'm like, nothing is nothing is there. And there's an AEW, you know, kids uh, belt, wrestling belt, ring, you know, laying over yeah. the real Ghostbuster stuff, and which I kind of want to get again, the real Ghostbusters figures, the ones that I have, and the uh, the who are you gonna call ones, the classic ones, the ones from the cartoon. Or, yeah, 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 I yeah. got those. Yeah, I got them. Well, they're 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 pretty fun, and if you have, them, I'd say next time you go back, I'd say grab them because they're gonna be hard to find coming up in the future. Gotcha. All right, all right. So 1992 Royal Rumble. Took place January 19th, 1992 at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. Now, everyone has, who has a podcast about wrestling, I feel, has talked about this show. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just do a straight review of it. I mean, we're do what we always do. We're talk about we're where we were at the time it. as fans and talk about uh, how we look at it now and how it made us feel as kids and finding it and all the other fun stories that come that I like to try to trigger in people while listening to our show. Uh I went back and listened to our fourth episode, like I said. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play it. All right, I'm going <laughs> okay. to I'm going to play. So this is like a little bit of a part. I think this is going to kind of come sketchy because just from my phone and the microphone. Because breaking kayfabe here, Eric and I are in two separate locations. Just because one, it's been a little bit easier to record, uh, and two, obviously we're trying to stay safe and everything too from yeah you know, spreading germs and all that. But here I'm going to play a little. Let's see. All right, here we go. That, that, that's, you're never gonna get. Listen to how terrible I am. I'm not saying it's terrible. It's not the best. I don't think it's the best. Looks into you. Right. I thought it was good. It was entertaining when I was watching it. And I always love, after Strike Force <laughs> split up, I always love. Yeah, who doesn't love Strike Force? Right. Because it was and, hot. Like, they always go after each other. If that even happened up till 93. Yeah, they just, as soon as yeah, they come in. That's, right. <laughs> that's not bad. Doing, uh, no. I don't like that show. Here's you. Perfect Strangers. Right along. Perfect Strangers, I was going to say. Perfect Strangers reference. I like it. What do you got? I don't hate the 92 Rumble. I think about halfway into it, I start, Bobby just, just the way he's just so, oh my God, don't eliminate him, don't eliminate him, no, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> and then being for him, like, yeah, I knew that was going to So you didn't like Bobby Heenan, and we'll get into that as we, we talk about this show. All right. This Rumble, 92, this is just when I remember watching week to week. I do mm-hmm. remember I started watching in 91 right before WrestleMania 7. Yeah. But my memories of knowing when the shows are on every week and knowing when Superstar is on, knowing Challenge is on, knowing when the pay-per-views are, all that stuff, this is when I just started. And I probably was around right after this Rumbles when I remember, okay, I know Superstars is on at this time on this yeah. day on this channel. <clears throat> so were you, you were, were you all in at this point? Were you watching week to week in 92? I was. Yeah, I started... Oh. I think I started watching like the tail end of 1990. Well, they had the Hogan and the earthquake, you know, kind of stuff going on. And then yeah, the Survivor yeah, yeah. Series. And they're coming into 91. You know, that's when I was kind of all in. 
Did you know who Ric Flair was when he showed up in, on WWF TV? I did because I was also, I would get those magazines, you know, like the WCW magazine. Yeah, Wrestler and all that. Because I remember, and forgive me if this isn't the right year, but I remember seeing a cover of Ric Flair and, um, oh my God, I forgot his name. Anyways, it was a Japanese wrestler and it was supposed to be like a super brawl. So I remember knowing who Ric Flair was and then reading about it. I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool matchup. Maybe I'll try to order super brawl and all that kind of stuff. So I was aware of WCW and who he was. As far as like NWA Ric Flair, I, I, I just didn't know like a lot about him. I was aware you, of him, but I didn't know too much about him. You didn't think, okay, this is like the biggest guy in wrestling outside of Hulk Hogan. That's I did. I was aware of that, but I didn't. I think I just got the impression from reading about him and and discovering there was another wrestling world outside of WWF. And I'm like, oh, well, WWF is this. And I thought, you know, all the other stuff was a little bit more legit. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, that would be kind of cool, like a dream match. And I think even some magazines even mentioned it before he went to WWF. Like, what would it be like at the best of WCW when it gets the best of the WWF and yeah. Flair and Hogan? I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. You know, why don't those promoters get together and do it? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember those. I kind of remember those magazines, like Dream Card matches and all that. I remember yeah. that. We had a neighbor across the street from us who who lived next door to my friend. So mm-hmm. he was 19 years old, 18 or 19, and he told us about Ric Flair. He was like, oh, you guys, this is before Flair was in WWF. He was like, oh, you guys watched that WWF and Hulk Hogan. He goes, Ric Flair's way better and Ric Flair's mm-hmm. awesome and all that stuff. And I remember I had the Flair Hasbro one day over there playing. He goes, oh, he goes, oh they got a Ric Flair figure? He goes, let me see that. And he was talking, he was like, you guys don't even know how good he is. He's way better and all this stuff. And of course, we're like, <laughs> yeah. who's he's nobody? We don't know him. And, and who's blah, this blah, is, blah. This a, is this a dollar store uh, figure? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Funny story about that guy. I think his name was Teddy. Yeah, Teddy, if not, I remember. He had a truck, like a white pickup truck with like neon squiggly paint on the side. And we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And... You know, like the mud flaps under like the tires of a truck? Yeah. You got the little okay. silhouette of the naked ladies. He didn't have any silhouettes, but I think he had like the <laughs> had Chevy logo or something. <laughs> yeah, I think he had the Chevy logo or something. Oh, okay. But we found out one day on accident by playing baseball that if anything hits that like mud flap, the car alarm would go off. Oh. And we didn't know why. Like it was just like a whatever. And he'd come yeah. out and he's like, okay, just be careful, guys, blah, blah, blah. So we kept doing it on purpose, you know, because uh, we thought it was funny. But we pretend yeah. it was an accident. <clears throat> and I and I remember he one beat day, your ass. <laughs> no, no. So <laughs> he's getting like more and more pissed, and I could see why. Like, why are the fucking kids messing with my truck? Yeah. One day we did it. And he comes to me. He's like, he's like, who did it? And like, my friend like totally threw me under the bus. Like, oh, he did it. He threw the softball at it or whatever. What a snitch. He was like, you know, and he's not gonna beat up a kid. So it must have been eight or nine years old, probably eight years old. I'm gonna talk uh-huh. to your father when he gets home about this. You know, as a 19-year-old, like, I could never imagine telling somebody I'm going to talk to your dad. So I was uh-huh. terrified, but, like, my dad was going to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to talk to my dad. So I'm in the house, and I see my dad come home from work, and I <laughs> see like, oh, him crap. walk across the street to talk to my dad. I'm like, oh, my God, this is happening? <laughs> yeah. So I, like, hid in my room. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know if they had a con- I didn't see the conversation. You hide under your bed. Anything. You're like, I'm not here. No, just in my room, close the door. And my dad didn't come up to talk to me. Like, nothing ever happened, blah, blah, blah. My dad went down to like the basement to watch TV for the night or whatever he was doing. Like I was like just terrified he was going to come scream at me. Mm-hmm. Never said a word to me. I'm guessing he never went across the street. And I was just like, he was like walking to the end of the, cur- like his driveway or something coincidentally. So to, I like, just get remember mail or something. Maybe. 
but I was just being terrified of it and mm-hmm. all for something stupid. And all well, maybe course, he did. I, Your dad told him to piss off. <laughs> it's, he's like, screw you. It's <laughs> possible. <up>, loser. <laughs> he's like, go back to your loser truck. So he's, he deserved to throw us over that at it. Yeah. What are that guy's up to right now? I wonder if he remember that story if I ever ran into him. Well, maybe he's oh, listening man. right now. Do you remember the first time you saw the show? Was it a pay-per-view order? Did you watch it later? Do you remember? Oh, God. Because I'm pretty for sure me, I ordered, this was I, hard. I'm pretty sure I ordered this one. Really? See, the, like my first couple of years. Yeah, this, I, I'm pretty sure I ordered this one. I mean, Rumble, you get, Rumble's the one you're going to beg for, I would imagine. Yeah. Like a pay-per-view you want to see. And then the, I the, remember, the WrestleMania following this, I, I for sure know I ordered it. WrestleMania this, 8. The, yeah, for sure. I'm For sure. I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure I, I'm pretty sure I did order this one. It's just not like stuck in my memory like other pay-per-views were. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you were also kind of just starting to be all in, you know, maybe a little bit of the hype, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I don't remember when I saw this tape for the first time. I remember it was hard to find because I also remember the 91, 92 Rumble obviously had the same Collison video cover art or similar. It's the same yeah. art style, just different guys in the front or different order. Mm-hmm. Everything looks exactly the same and... I saw the 91 Rumble a few times when rented it. 92 was always hard to find. I think eventually I found it at a video store that was inside a grocery store. Okay. And like I was like asking my mom, like, we rent this. And she was like, no, I'm not opening up a membership up at this random grocery <laughs> store at your grandma's house to do this. And I was like begging yeah. her. So then eventually, like, I think the, what it was, the cashier or whoever it was at the video store was like oh we just you just have to pay for it and give us your name there's no membership here it's part of the grocery store my mom was like okay oh so I, now you're i rented in. it and it was awesome but I, I didn't get to see it multiple i didn't it wasn't like a multiple renter because we didn't go to the, we didn't go to this video store a lot did you, you watch know? it with anybody no i just oh. watched it myself i mean i loved it i thought it was awesome it, like at school like hey did you see royal Rumble? no no because i th- so this year, around this time is when I was moving as well. Oh. So I moved from our old house in November of 91. Mm-hmm. So the next pay-per-view I would have saw would have been, because it's the after Survivor Series, would have been the Rumble 92. And I was just starting to make friends, and one of my friends in second grade class also liked wrestling. And we eventually started becoming friends leading up the build to WrestleMania 8. Like, that's when oh, we, okay. like, we're, all right. we're breaking down the feuds and who we thought was going to win and all this yeah. other stuff. So that's why I don't have these warm, fuzzy memories about this show. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a million times. And we'll, as we get into it, I'll talk well, about the rewatch one, right? You know, it's not. Okay. And I'll talk about why. I mean, it, it's close. It's a great one. It's close. But I think I prefer the 1990 Rumble over this one. I think 90 is my favorite. Okay. It's it's great and it's fun, but I think the rose-colored nostalgia glasses, I don't have them for this, so I'm just watching it as a show, which All is right. interesting for me because you know, yeah. pretty much everything we watch, I have those you know rose-colored <laughs> glasses. Right. There's something you watched five years ago. You look back on how awesome it was. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Okay. Uh, all right. This, so let's just get into the show here. Uh, by the way, I watched the Coliseum video version of this Uh so I may have a couple things that you didn't have on your broadcast. I'm not sure because I'm guessing you watched it on the network. Yeah, I watched it on the network, and they did have some Coliseum segments. Like, oh, we're yeah, that was weird. specifically for the Coliseum home video. Yeah, the, there's a couple transfers in the network where it's like that. I'm guessing it's because the master WWE has isn't as nice as the Coliseum video master. That could be. That's okay. my only guess. Yeah. And that, okay, that so does this... come up later in the show for me, mm-hmm. the Coliseum part. 
Yeah. The show starts off with, of course, Vince McMahon naming all the participants. I'm not a fan of the participants being named before Rumble. I want a surprise. I, I know people love it, like the names were listed off. Maybe like if you list like one or two of the big names. But I, need, I don't need to know that Skinner's in the Rumble. I'm like, give me a surprise here, you know? Yeah. What do you okay. think of that? You, what are your I, thoughts I like, on the No, I liked it. Um, th- this is probably the first time I watched it in full from beginning to end. Because there would be other parts like I just watched the Rumble or I would just watch the tag, mm-hmm. tag match. Um, but yeah, I, I watched this whole thing and I just I just like the presentation of it. The good old Vince McMahon coming out saying, you know, going through all the participants and stuff and the music in the background. And I'm like, this is some good stuff. <laughs> and then we got the Bobby and Gorilla running down the card. You know, they're, they're, of course, already at each other's throats. You know, Gorilla, what, what, what are you saying, Bobby? And Bobby's yeah. talking about Ric Flair and being all pumped for him. Mm-hmm. Seeing them gives me the, like, the cozy blanket feeling. You know, like Gorilla sure. and Bobby. Like, that, yeah, right, that, right. Get, that gets me where I want to be. Yeah. And that, that may uh, be why I was annoyed with Bobby so much in this one. Because I, I, I like their chemistry when Bobby was more confident and more kind of a jerk. Yeah, I can like see that. Pe- like picking on the heels and, you know, just being Bobby Heenan. Where this one, he was more like a weenie. And he was just like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, Ric Flair's got to win this. And, and you know, Monsoon's But that's only about, oh, in the Rumble. That's only in the Rumble match. We're going to talk about the whole pay-per-view here. And that's a good point you made earlier about only watching Rumbles. And I think a lot of people do that in these Royal Rumble shows. Mm-hmm. But there's great undercard matches on there these is. Rumbles. And there's this there's completely other story I, I forgot about. And that's the whole idea of, of Roddy Piper has a chance to be the Intercontinental Champion and the World Champion because he's in the Rumble also. And I'm like, to oh, be the okay. I'm like, I'm like, that's a good story also here. Yeah, but it didn't seem like they were pushing that as much. One thing I'll say about this Rumble is, at least to me as a kid and even now, they weren't leaning in a clear direction who was going to win it. Mm-hmm. You had several people who had a realistic chance, and we'll talk about who they were once we get to the Rumble match. Yeah, watching this, I felt like Piper had the chance. Yeah, for sure. Because he's a star. Yeah. So they were talking about how uh, the Mountie beat uh, Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Well, hold on. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's let's wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get to Piper coming up. Want to be in chronological order here. Not really. We're we're very professional at the episode 100 whatever of the show. The opening match, Orient Express versus the New Foundation. Now, everyone talks about the New Foundation and high-energy tag teams having basically pajama parachute pants, right? Right. The Orient Express is basically wearing pajamas here as they come out. They are. And I don't. I didn't like this version of the Orient Express just because uh, Tanaka is just wearing, looks like, sweatpants. Yeah, I'm like like he just showed up. He's like, oh, I guess I'm gonna go wrestle. Yeah, like I like when they had like the red red pants. They kind of <laughs> came out with with Mr. Fuji and the Japanese flag, and you know they just felt like more Orient. <laughs> and then Kato is, you know, I didn't know who Kato was. He's wearing the mask, and and then when the new foundation comes out, ironically, Bobby Heenan says, "Looks like the new foundation must have just gotten up." Yeah, Girl was like, "Why? They still have their pajamas on." <laughs> So Bobby's Bobby's great here. Yeah, there's a lot I of was, good Bobby stuff here. I was a fan of the New Foundation growing up. I don't know why. I just yeah, I watch, liked them. Watching back, because <clears throat> this is another thing. Like I, I don't. At the time, I go with the feelings that I had when I was watching it. So I don't remember liking the 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 uh, the New Foundation because I liked 
the Hart Foundation. And Owen Hart, I wasn't really, didn't know who he was. I just thought he was a little bratty brother, a little blonde hair. I'd always compared him to Brett, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But watching this as a, you know, 40-something-year-old guy, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, Anvil's obviously in good shape, and Rocket's really in good shape, and it's a good team. I'm like, I don't know why I hated him. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. Yeah. Also, I think Coliseum Video featured this team a lot. Maybe that's why I have such like a fondness for them. They were on like every Coliseum videotape in 91 and 92. Oh, Maybe that's why like, I liked them so much. Kind of like main event these days. Yeah, they're on like the main event, you know, whoever's on main event now. Mm-hmm. I, who's on main event all the time? I don't know. Now that well, it used to be Ryder like Zach Ryder. <laughs> right, and, he's uh, not there anymore, so who they got for main event, you know? Dana Brooke and that uh, Tazawa, I think, is on there a lot. This was a decent match, though, I thought. 17 yeah. minutes, the new I foundation like- get the win. It was a good match. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I'm, I'm watching these matches. I'm like, okay, this is a tag match. And then the next one's a tag match. I'm like, these matches are going pretty long, so I'm like, you know, they, they must have had a lot of confidence in their tag mm-hmm. division. For sure. Well, you got to realize, too, everyone else is in the Rumble, you know? So they can't, except for Piper, people aren't pulling double duty tonight. Yeah. Uh, after this matchup, we go backstage and we find out that last Friday, Bret Hart lost the title with a 104-degree fever. Mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan says he's wrestled with a 114-degree fever before. <laughs> um. The other thing I want to talk about really quick here, uh, I, m- I missed this notes here. Uh, uh, by the way, that note that I just said was in the ma- the commentary. That wasn't a backstage segment. That was in the commentary. Uh, the really cool spot happened when they broke Mr. Fuji's cane. Do you remember that? So yeah, Fuji set up yeah. his cane kind of like hanging in the corner. and yeah, then off, they the, threw- off the top turnbuckle, so it's kind of hanging between the top and the middle turnbuckle. Yeah, and then when, when they went through the, like, like Owen got thrown into the turnbuckle, it cracked in half. It was a cool spot, and I think someone should steal something like that again because now you just do like the chair or whatever. Yeah, but it was a cool spot. I, I was a fan of it, and I missed it. I didn't see it until the replay. Mm-hmm. I think because the cane was black. <laughs> and yeah, there was just a lot of action in. going on, and I didn't see it until the replay. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so we go backstage after this matchup, and Lord Alfred Hayes is there showing the Mountie winning in Springfield, Massachusetts, at a house show where apparently WWF sent one guy with a camera he bought from Sears to record this sh- this moment because uh-huh. it's it's not a great view of it or anything like that. Yeah, but that's what uh, made it feel like, oh, okay, you know, anything can happen at a house show. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, the Mountie backstage was an interview. He wants to know what Roddy Piper's win-loss record is, why he's getting a title shot. He should have mm-hmm. won this match by forfeit, etc. They go to the Piper interview. He calls Mountie an original village people. And then he tells the Mountie he's been dreaming and it's all wet too. I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting little note there from Hot Rod. And then we start off with this matchup here and Piper's over like crazy. One thing that did bother me, he's wearing black boots and that just didn't seem right to me. You know, he's normally like like the 92 Piper. That's my guy. It's my guy too. I th- I would s- but the black boots <laughs> the black boots what are you doing man I didn't yeah, even notice was- the black boots <laughs> you just all in on Piper yeah. this is a match I think that I should love more it's pretty slow it's sloppy like I, I don't really love it but I can't turn away you know see I didn't I didn't it's- think it was bad I was thinking like you know this is uh what Jacques Rougeau right like he's been yeah. around a while and like he's a pretty good like wrestler <laughs> like he's I don't know, his selling and all that kind of stuff. I, I'd like the match. He's a good little hand, would you call him? <laughs> <laughs> He's a good mechanic. <laughs> it's it's only a five-minute match. Yeah. There's a couple things here that, that's a fun 
I guess, difference from other matches. There's a delayed pop when Piper wins. Piper first gets the sleep. He does the sleeper hold. Then one, they do the three arm drops. It's over. Then the yeah, crowd is delayed pop. Finish, though. Well, it's only five minutes. No, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that the match was short. I'm just saying like yeah. sleeper, then he's out. I mean, that was pretty quick. There was no drama with that. Yeah, that's true. That Maybe that's why there's a delayed pop. It seems like the crowd's waiting for the swerve to happen. They were kind of like, huh, is this is this real? And then the biggest pop comes a few minutes later after Piper's beaten up the Mountie and after mm-hmm. he hits him with a shock stick again, they do the dumb sound effect over the yeah, crowd, over like the, the, like the PA. Like the jail cell buzzer? Yeah, like ah. a buzzer coming in. And it wasn't even like a jail cell. It's like the wrong answer on a 70s game show buzzer. <laughs> okay. When Fink says, and no. That's oh, when the man. big pop happens. There's like a double pop. It was kind of cool for yeah. him. Yeah, and this is where I kind of started to buy in with the whole story that they're going to tell with with Piper that he's 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 won this Intercontinental title, and he could also win the World title. It's never happened before in the WWF. This is but it, this, yes, this is like setting has. a precedent. No, winning two titles six. in the same night. Like, well, I guess not winning, but Warrior won the World title and was the IC champ. Well, I'm just saying two opportunities in one night. Okay. Okay. Sorry, well, Warrior. You're not champ sorry, champ anymore. Warrior. No, he's still champ champ. Mm-hmm. Because Piper didn't win. Thank you. Yeah, Piper was busy fating, facing Bad News Brown in black paint that night. Or WrestleMania 6. But, but my memory of this was just all about Ric Flair. So watching this again, I'm like, okay, there's this cool story that I just totally forgot about, which is Piper having the opportunity to win two titles. I'm like, okay, I'm with it. And then we go backstage to our Coliseum Video Exclusive, which is also on the network Lord Alfred Hayes uh, interviews the Hulkster who's in, I guess, like a bathroom. <laughs> it's kind of weird. He's at the sink, and Hulk gives kind of a lackluster promo, I thought. I didn't think it was anything special. It wasn't like your classic, this is where the power lies, dude. Like, nothing good. Right. It was just He's just kind of talking. Like, he was phoning it in. I don't know. Well, Disappointed he, in my guy. He was interrupted in the bathroom. <laughs> I guess you're right. He wasn't ready to perform yet. What, what, brother, 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 what, what, brother. Don't be sneaking <laughs> up on like that, dude. Yeah. And then we go to Mean Gene Oakland with the Bushwhackers and Jameson. And you remember Jameson? I do. Okay. This this was just a match. The Beverly Brothers take on the mm-hmm. Bushwhackers. And this was a match I thought was too long. It was 14 minutes and 56 seconds. The Beverly Brothers get the win. But it's just, it went too long. Yeah, you know? I think it and went I thought, too long. But, but I did like, I mean, this is to me, uh, today me talking, like I like Jameson. Like he's, okay, just, he's, he's funny. such a sniveling little weenie. He's like, I'm going to get you, a genius. And I mean, at the end of it, he didn't even punch him. <laughs> he was he like, kicked him in the shin. Him. Yeah, kick him in the shin. And and then, but but you know, I like the genius like you know, coming around the corner and, and kind of chasing off uh, Jameson and even trying to beat him up. And, you know, with the bushwhackers and stuff like that, It's I thought it was a fun match. This match, like, I thought was the cooldown. I'm like, okay, well, this must be the cooldown match for the Rumble. But uh-huh. no, we got another tag match, a tag title match. The Natural Disasters taking in the Legion of Doom here. This I have zero memory of. Like I must, this must have been a match I fast forwarded on tape as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it at all, but I watched it, and it's better than the last match. I love oh, these. Oh yeah, it's way, big, it's way better than that. Yeah, I liked it. Big beefy men flying around the mm-hmm. ring and hawk and animal and you know earthquake and typhoon. This is to me. This is like this is like. WWF 
mm-hmm. that era, you know, because it's just well, giant Well, looking guns. back on this stuff, like it's it's we've gotten accustomed to, um, you know, smaller wrestlers, more athletic wrestlers. So when you go back and look at this, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is not that I want this all the time, but this is like something different now. Like, you know, two big, I, I mean, I'm just going to say two big fat guys, right? I mean, yeah. they're athletic and they're strong and, you know, just the way um, uh, Typhoon was handling, I think it was uh, Animal. Had him mm-hmm. in that, uh, like, whatever you call it, holding him sideways and dropping him, dropping his ribs on his knee. He picks him up and drops him on his knee. Picks him up. I'm like, he's pretty strong to be picking that guy up. The other thing that was weird about this was how they didn't do, like, crazy athletic maneuvers. No. But they also didn't move around slow. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple splashes in the corner where Typhoon really got, you know, his legs under him and, and stuff like that. It was just, it was interesting to watch and it was fun to watch. So this is one I do not recommend skipping over <laughs> past Steve and current people now. Go ahead and watch this match. It was, it was a lot of yeah, fun. The, the, the ending, I didn't, it was a little sloppy and it, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the ending. I mean, maybe they were trying to, may, I, maybe they had a plan in place. They knew it was going to happen because mm-hmm. the disasters get the win by count out. And ironically, next month they turn babyface. They turn good guys because mm-hmm. they turn on Jimmy Hart, and then they they become the tag team champions. Yeah, maybe they were like, okay, let's keep these guys, you know, strong or whatever. Yeah, very confusing to me that two massive giants who were mm-hmm. heels their whole career. Well, I guess there was tugboat. Like, yeah. oh, they turn good. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, oh, maybe they got uh, you know started to get cheered, and they're like, hey, let's turn these guys. Maybe. But I, but I like the backstage segment after this. Jimmy Hart's complaining that they didn't win. They're going to call their lawyers. <laughs> they should be the champions, you know. And the climate we've had recently, it's you know this guy's, you know, complaining about losing. He's going to call his lawyers. I'm like, oh man, I'm like they were doing this stuff back then. <laughs> it's true they were. It, yeah, Jimmy Hart is very underrated yeah. as a bad guy heel manager. And <laughs> I even told when I met Jimmy Hart at Starcast a couple years ago, I was like, you know. As a kid, you drove me nuts. And I go, I love watching you now. Like my favorite thing you you did was you would if you had like the big guy a big, you know, big John Stud or King Kong Bundy or something like that you were the manager of. I don't even know if he was their managers, but yeah. he would jump like on them and have <laughs> they would hold him like a baby. Yeah, right. He'd be kicking his face. He'd go, Oh, yeah. baby. He's like, I'm so glad you know what I say. He's like, You know where I got that from? I go, Where? He goes, I remember when after the college football games, after there'd be a big upset They'd rush the field, and I'd see people jumping in arms like that. It would mostly be the girls. i go, huh, that's obnoxious. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, that's kind of cool. Jimmy yeah. Hart, love you, baby. He looks was, the same, it was, too. <laughs> it was so fun to see him, like, even on Legends uh, Legends Night last week. Mm-hmm. He looks the same, man. He's, he does. He's in late 70s, man. Good for good mm-hmm. for the mouth of the South and all that, too. But yeah, he's, It's just the, he's, the hair product and sunglasses, and, you know, that hides a lot. Legends house. I dropped my glasses in the oven. My favorite glasses. <laughs> Remember that? Come on, Classic. man, help me. <laughs> Classic moment. Like Come on, dro- baby. He's dropping his making his baked potato as mm, his Ray Bans yeah. falling. Yeah. <laughs> Five hundred degree oven. Gets these tongs <laughs> to pull them out. Oh, good stuff. We'll do a Legends House watch along again, maybe coming up soon. That'll be fun. Uh, more promos because this must have been the intermission time of the show. Yeah. Uh, Piper is interviewed with his title. He's pumped. He does a Don King impression. He's only in America, the, the 15-year-old skinny kid. And he's got the IC title. One thing I know is one of the side plates is kind of coming off the leather. So oh, he was I celebrating a bit too much. Yeah. 
And then next we have Lord Alf, another Coliseum exclusive. Did, was this on yours? Were you interviewed um, with Ric Flair? Yeah. So this this is something that comes up later because he's talking to Ric Flair and he's like, oh, you know, I just want to know what, what, what number you drew. And Ric Flair says that he drew number three. And then yeah. goes on about the promo that he'll be in there for almost an hour and he'll walk out with the championship. And, but then later in the rumble, Bobby Heenan's scared because he doesn't know which number Ric Flair drew. Right. Because so maybe, this so, is, a, this should have, this was a Coliseum video thing. It did, yeah. wasn't shown in the original broadcast. Mm-hmm. I'm sure during the original broadcast, and I think I have it somewhere. I got to find it. There was, this would have been like the 10 minute intermission on the, on the pay-per-view. Yeah. That's probably what, where they show like just that countdown screen. But it was also interesting. I don't know if you notice, he says a line, he's going to win. He goes, and that's the bottom line. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> Steve Austin somewhere yeah. in, in Texas. Like, oh hell, sounds like a good line. Write that down. Writes it down. So, so these back and forth segments kind of started to amuse me because they're like, oh, let's go to the brain. Or they go and they talk talking to, uh, oh, Mean Gene. Let's go to Mean Gene. And then Mean Gene's like, well, let's go to Mooney. And then Mooney's like, back to Monsoon. They're like, back to Alfred mm-hmm. Hayes. Back to Mean Gene. <laughs> They're kicking it around. Yeah. Mean Gene does the intro. The intros, the participants are going to give a promo. And I'm not going to go down all the promos they did because this is just worth watching. This is something they got to bring back, but not make it seem so forced. Yeah. Like, why not this year at the Rumble? Let everyone just, like, you got 15 seconds, 20 seconds, go. Like, don't yeah. give them lines. Don't give them something to go across because you guarantee these guys weren't given lines. Like the Macho Man's like, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after the Snake Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he does come after the Snake Man, as we find out later. Sure, he does. Yeah, Undertaker, I, I did, Paul I did like there. these little promos. They're great, and then yeah. these are the things. That, this is great. This is as much as I don't like them introducing all the people who are going to be in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. I did like this a lot. So I would yeah, say just, just throw maybe you know five or six guys out there saying that they're going to win, who they're going to go after, what they want to do, what they want to accomplish, and everybody wants to win. Yeah. So I, I was kind of timing these. So Macho, all these guys, Macho Man said Justice, Repo Man. Oh my God, I love Repo Man even more. Just I don't know what it, what it is about him. Like he really made <laughs> this this Repo Man character. You know, as they say, you know, out of chicken shit and <laughs> making chicken salad with it. But Macho Man said said Justice, Repo Man, Bulldog. All these guys they get thirty seconds until the last is Hogan, and he gets almost like a minute <laughs> of promo. Well, time. he's Hulk. He's Hulk, I know. you know. But I'm like, hey, everybody else only got 30 seconds. Come on, buddy. The, the Bulldog does a great callback. Says the last time when a Battle Royal is oh, yeah. a terrible British impression, by the way. The Royal Albert Hall. Mm-hmm. And the Battle Royal through Albert Hall. I, I remember that Battle Royal on the Coliseum videotapes. Yeah. That was one I watched over and over again. I didn't think the Bulldog would be a legitimate threat to win here. Mm-hmm. But he would have been like not surprising type of thing. So let's talk about who realistically in this Rumble we thought maybe his kids or even now had a chance to win it. We already talked about Piper. Yeah. I would say under, Undertaker. Uh, yeah, Sid Justice. Undertaker. Sid Justice, right? Yeah. I guess Ric Flair, for sure. Uh, Hulk Hogan, so that's five. Jake the Snake, maybe. You know, Macho Man. So we got... Yeah, all of these guys were kind of in their in their peak. Um, you know, they could all be... They're all top guys. I could see them yeah. in the championship, even for a couple months or a year. Because back then, you would hold stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, my friend in second grade the, that I talked about earlier, we, we bonded over. He told me, and he obviously just made up because we were kids. Like, wrestling things just got, like, passed around, like, you know, gossip notes. And it was a game of telephone. Yeah. He was like, 
He goes, I heard that the Ultimate Warrior was supposed to win the 92 Rumble. Or he didn't call it 92 Rumble. He just called it the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. Ultimate Warrior was supposed to win it, but uh, they think he's dead. So, you know, it'd be hard <laughs> for him to win if he was dead. Yeah. And even as a kid, I was like, no way Warrior's dead. And, of course, when he comes back at WrestleMania 8, everyone thought it was a different person because he was off the roids and cut his hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it I, heard, just, I heard that, too. Everybody did. It was a weird rumor that spread, mm-hmm. you know? Weird. Maybe oh, he sweet. started it, so people wouldn't uh, look for him anymore. We start off with the Rumble, and... We got the British Bulldog at number one and Ted DiBiase at number two. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase, also a guy I could have seen doing it, although he was kind of dwindling down, especially being in a, you know, yeah. going towards being in a tag team. I didn't remember DiBiase getting eliminated so early, but he was out before Flair even came in. Flair was in at number three. You talked about earlier how you thought Bobby was annoying. Did you still think Bobby was annoying this entire rumble? I kind of looked at it from a different angle. So, yes, he's annoying, but I think that he's what he's doing here is he's scared because all these other 29 guys, which they do, they, they as the the people come down, it might be, um, you know, the Bulldog or Texas Tornado or Tito mm-hmm. Santana, Greg Valentine, like him and, and uh, Monsoon are just talking about all their accolades and why. How and why they could win this. So it, it's almost like, you know, this guy's won this title, this title, this title, making him sound like, oh, this guy's a legit threat. He could win it. Or this guy's won this or, you know, and it just put like a different perspective in it for me. So then I'm saying, okay, that's why Flair is worried. I mean, Flair, uh, Heenan's worried for Flair because all of these guys are being more pumped up as legit threats instead of just like, like I, 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 like I never thought, um, Hammer Valentine. Like I, I wasn't watching. <laughs> I wasn't watching when he was Intercontinental Champion. So when they were talking about the championships that these guys had in the past in the WWF, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, he's he's a champion. He's been a champion. You know, he could win this. So I felt he's, like you know history all, lesson. Yeah, like all of these guys could win this. Which and then they're beating up on Flair, and Flair's new to the company, and you know these are WWF guys, and these are the champions that WWF has has had. You know, Flair's got to go through these guys. So it almost seems like, you know, all, like a gauntlet, right? Because they've got mm-hmm. all these, like, great wrestlers. So and I, it is I, a gauntlet, with the exception it, of Skinner coming up. <laughs> right. Well, even Skinner, you know, he's tough. He's got a, he got a Hasbro. He's tough. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I, so that's the difference between, you know, how he was, like, his classic was, you know, he was confident and smug and just, like, you know, talking crap about all the bad guys. No, I'm talking about the good guys. And now he's like legit scared. He's like, oh no no no. He's like, you know, you know, just 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 lay there, just lay there. You can, they can't eliminate you if you're just laying there. He's like, no no That's no, true. don't beat him up. And then when as the rumble didn't... goes along, though, Monsoon starts kind of hyping up how long Flair's been in there. He's like, oh, he just set the record, and uh-huh. so they're they're building him up throughout there. But it wasn't over the top. It was subtle, yeah. which I think was very very nice. And I think. I wish announcers on every company would do more subtle stuff like that. Yeah. Never well, know. Like, was talking about, he said, you know, like Bulldog's been in there for, you know, 20 minutes. And he'd be like, well, how long has Flair been in there for? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, 16 minutes. Yeah. And people like to crap on WWF now, or WWE announcers now, but every organization's guilty of laying it on a little too thick. Mm-hmm. I think wrestling promotions need to give fans more credit for paying attention to details. And paying attention yeah. to little things and figuring it out, particularly with like the internet and stuff like that, and message boards and Twitter and Instagram and all that, people will find things. And yeah. as long as there's a payoff, people will, will continue to look for it. Uh, yeah. Just just running down the list of some of the guys in here, we've got Jerry Sags, Haku, T 
Cheeto Santana, The Barbarian, Repo Man, Greg Valentine, Nikolai Volkov, and for some reason, Bobby says he's from Lithuania. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but he did. And Not keeping kayfabe. Big, big Boss Man, Hercules. Roddy Piper comes out at number 15, and mm-hmm. to me, he's the first big pop of the night. Yeah. You know? Because he, like he's, he's, got, he's got to make his dream come true. Maybe, maybe like you said, people were like, okay, maybe they're pushing. This is going to be it. Yeah. How great would that have been, though? Like, he's Piper already won the Intercontinental show. title. He's been here for, what, six, seven years? Forever. He yeah, he's been here a while. Three. It's his first title. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> Piper's getting it. I mean, how pumped would the crowd have been yeah. if he won? Oh, my God. More what pumped than, the, than they were with. Well, I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. Who knows what? holding those two belts up and all that uh-huh. and then it kind of gets going jake robert comes out after piper jim duggan irs snooker taker savage like that's like all huge names one after the yeah. other and the, then there's the berserker <laughs> okay and, <laughs> and then virgil and then well, virgil Kremlin comes Stop. out now i'm surprised you know they kind of put virgil over too like talking about he's a legit threat and he's like well he was a million dollar champion i'm like a million dollar champion didn't mean anything but they're you know they're making it you know he could win because he's been a million dollar champion yeah like, and another right. thing I'll, I'll say about this from as, as good as as fun as it is i'd say the actual booking of the match with the story they're telling and all that. This was this story I th- felt was not so much just Flair surviving, because yeah. if you were there in the crowd, Flair isn't doing a ton. Like he does a lot, but there's it's not completely focused on him. It's focused on him if you're watching the broadcast. Yeah. So I think as a story, what everyone's doing throughout, I th- I don't know. I just like like the '90 Rumble more, mm-hmm. and that might be because I watched it a, a bunch more as a kid. But yeah, they're but, both but- great. But for me, like, this is just through another perspective. I was looking at this and and Flair, it's his first rumble. And, like, for me as a kid that wasn't really, uh, um, like, too familiar with wrestling outside WWF, Mm -hmm. you know, to see him going against the Bulldog, to see him going against Texas Tornado, Tito Santana, Shawn Michaels, Piper, Bossman, like, all these guys. I'm like, you know, that would, I mean, back then, uh, if I knew who he was then, you know, I would have been like, oh, that's, that's, those are, you know, fun matchups to see. Yeah, I would agree with that's a good point. I don't I'd agree with that. I don't think I ever thought of it like that before. It's it's cool to see. You know, you see Rick Flair and Shawn Michaels go at it a couple times and, yeah. and all that too. So that's that's pretty cool. One there's a few moments throughout this match that kind of stand out. Mm-hmm. One is Macho Man eliminating himself. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about that before. He eliminates Jake and then he jumps over the top rope to go after him, which is and that's dumb. what he usually does. But you know, when he goes after he'll like you know, just kind of leap over the top rope and like mm-hmm. float down <laughs> to, the, to the side of the ring, to the floor. I mean, yeah, I get that he's so raged to go after the snake man in instinct. Mm-hmm. So in storyline mode, that makes sense. Yeah. However, the next year, the 93 Rumble, he once again forgets the rules because he goes for an elbow drop and tries to pin Yokozuna. Uh-huh. So maybe maybe Macho just doesn't understand Royal Rumbles. Oh, that's <laughs> maybe okay. that's it. That's okay. And then, uh, he just doesn't get it. Undertaker's like, God damn it, get in here. <laughs> You're still part of this. And then he runs, and Savage runs back out, like slides back under the ring. Undertaker goes, no, 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 you get back in here. <laughs> so he goes back out, throws it back in again. There's also a part, speaking of the Undertaker, where Ric Flair gives the Undertaker a low blow. <laughs> and Undertaker, I don't think, was expecting because he didn't know if he was supposed to sell it or not. Yeah. So he kind of like limps for like a half a second then no cells and i'm like all right i guess undertaker doesn't have balls like is that what they're trying to say or what Mm -hmm. i wonder if he was pissed about that like dude what are you doing you know because that's instinct for something like someone like rick flair to do yeah that was a fun little moment there and 
the we kind of get down to the nitty gritty here as as the match goes through and well, we get Martell finally comes in. They were they were pumping up Martell's record was like forty yeah. something minutes. Mm-hmm. He, so I was waiting Martell's for him to come so, out. Martell's so underrated. I love Rick Martell. Yeah, looking back now because he's on so many of these shows we talk about. Right, and you're like, man, he was so good because as a kid he's a heel. You're supposed to hate him, and I did. But now I'm like, I love me some Rick Martell. I wish he yeah. was in the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, I don't know yeah. why he's not. Through doing this show, one of my favorite matches prior to this show was him and, and uh, Jake the Snake in the blindfold match. But oh, since yeah. this show, like you introduced me to that SummerSlam match with him and Shawn Michaels and just mm-hmm. like vying over the love of Sherry. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that match. <laughs> he, his facials and all that are great yeah. where he does like the whole, look at me. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh yes, I'm so beautiful and all right. that. He's a yeah. and I love it. The, his Montreal accent and he's, he's Jack too. That's another thing. He's always super jacked and super tan. Yeah. Hogan was probably jealous of his tan, especially for this mm-hmm. match. Do you regret Hogan, selling your? Uh, do you regret selling your Martell Elite? I didn't sell it. I traded it, and oh, no, yeah, I don't. For, the, for that Hogan, I traded it for two figures. I traded it for that American-made Hogan uh-huh. and an Earthquake. So no, I don't. It was <laughs> okay. loose, and yeah, I mean, I don't because that American-made Hogan, I think, is a great Mattel. You know, and at okay. the time when I traded it, who knew if Hogan was going to get any more Mattels? Yeah, you know, so. Went to a good home. Rad Chad has him. So went to a good home, and he's got that, like, Legends collection loose thing. So went to a good mm. home. Oh, okay. So it stayed in the family. Yeah, it stayed in the Fig Life family. So we, <laughs> we appreciate Rad Chad. We appreciate the trade him and I made. Okay. Hogan is the next giant pop, I'd say, after mm-hmm. Piper. Savage gets a pretty good one, but Hogan is probably the biggest. Yeah, between thought- Berserker, Virgil, and Mustafa coming in, like I felt like it kind of just started slowing down. As soon as, as soon as Hogan came out and his music hit, like the action really started to pick up. Mm-hmm. It did. And after Hogan is Skinner, so that was I think kind of smart because people are still buzzing for Hogan. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to like back to back it with like a Sid Justice. He comes out a couple guys later, right? And then the Warlord's number thirty. And Mons, I guess everyone knew who that who number thirty was because of process of elimination. Because everyone knew was in the Rumble, but you never and know. Monsoon, Monsoon. Well, Bobby Heenan says that because Monsoon's like, we know who's next. And he's like, we don't know for sure. Anything could have happened. Who knows what would have happened out here? Mm-hmm. Um, Warlord comes out with Doctor Harvey Whippleman. We only love the Warlord because he had that awesome full Nelson match with the British Bulldog. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was that was a good match. It was his only good match. Let's be honest. <laughs> And I liked him with the Barbarian, Powers of Pain. Powers of Pain, the poor man's uh, LOD, or Road Warriors, whatever you want to call it. Demolition. We Everyone knows the ending here where mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Hogan gets eliminated, right, by Ric Flair. Yeah. And is that Hogan? No. No, by no, Sid. No, I'm sorry. Sid, sorry, sorry. Sid Justin gets eliminated by Hogan. And, th- and this is where I started to like Sid a little bit more. I didn't like him when he came in as like the super nice guy. I liked him when he started showing that like shitty, you know, I, I'm the master and ruler of the world. Like mm-hmm. I like that. Like he's just I talking shit to Hogan. <laughs> yeah. My teeth, and I like to play softball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the guy because I was watching WCW before he came and him and his stuff and I think it was uh, Cactus Jack and then he just wrestled nobody's like squash matches and mm-hmm. you know they'd put him on stretchers after the match he'd he'd run up take the stretcher and like <laughs> roll it right back down the ramp and knock him into the ring and they'd fall over and you know he would just talk about and they'd go to commercial with him talk about how he's the master of the ruler of the world that's so, how you get guys over so you know just him like kind of just looking at Hogan like you ain't shit <laughs> type of thing <laughs> I'm like yeah that's my Sid <laughs> and I wasn't well, a big I've... Hogan fan 
We know you weren't. After Hogan's eliminated, Sid tried grabbing his... Or after Sid's, Sid eliminates Hogan. I keep getting this wrong, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Sid eliminates Hogan? Yes. Okay. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm confused about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. No. Hogan eliminates Sid, right? No. Why am I so dumb about this? Go ahead. You, you go ahead and tell gets, us how Hogan happens. gets eliminated. And right. Okay. Ho- you're right. You're right. Hogan's like, "What the hell? What'd you do, brother?" He's like, "You're right. a good guy. I'm a good guy." And then he and, and Sid puts his hand out, like, "Yeah, you're not." I don't know why he puts his hand out, but Hogan grabs him, and then he's pulling on Sid. Uh, Flair runs up behind him, grabs Sid's legs, and flips him over the top rope. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh man, Flair's the champion!" So Flair backs Bobby out. Bobby Heenan's going crazy, as he should after he's put all this effort into this match. Yeah. Post-match, the focus is on Hogan and Sid, nose-to-nose, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they do the celebration with Flair in the back where he's presented his title. Yeah. With a tear in my eye, greatest moment of my life, and all that stuff, the great Ric yeah. Flair promo. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, when you have this, you're the best in the world, best wrestler in the world, and no one can deny that, and all this stuff. And watch the promo if you haven't seen it. I'm sure you have. Rewatch it. It's, it's one of the classic ones worth rewatching. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this, I thought to myself, okay, Everyone just assumed it was going to be Flair and Hogan at WrestleMania for the title, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, they changed their mind after the fact. They mm-hmm. must have known now at the January Rumble. Yeah, because you don't have that nose-to-nose at, at the end of the Rumble. Yeah, it was going to be Hogan and Sid. Yeah. Because they, they this, this is how it ended. It was Hogan and Sid nose-to-nose. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually they did a thing where Hogan and Sid kind of became friends again, and Sid turned in Hogan at that Saturday Night's main event, and that's where that match started out. But I, I don't buy the... Oh, they had to change it later because they couldn't come up with a finish or whatever yeah. the the reason was. They clearly knew. Or maybe they had to like plan A and plan B. Mm, back then, there was just this was the plan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> According to Sh- show me your WWF check. Well, and Patters, Pat Patterson's book and oh, okay. and various Bret Hart's book and whatever other wrestler book you want to talk about. There's the plan long-term was the plan. plan. The plan was the plan, but. Yeah, th- this rumble, as great as it is, I'm curious what everyone thinks and you of its rewatch uh, uh, factor. Like, does it have a good rewatch factor? Is it just okay? No, it's a good is... rewatch factor. Okay. It, it just depends on you know how you watch it and what what you're watching for. So going mm-hmm. into this, I I kind of knew that I thought Bobby was annoying. So then I'm trying to not stay on that kind of mindset. I'm like, well, why is he annoying? And then I kind of saw deeper into why he's annoying that all the other wrestlers are getting pumped up. They're all legit threats to win this whole thing. And, and Flair's got to prove himself. And that worries Bobby because he doesn't know really how tough Flair is against the WWF guys. So okay. going through, he could see like, oh, well, Hacksaw could, <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan could throw Flair out. And even when Bobby Heenan's, um, you know, like Barbarian and Haku and all those guys that Heenan would manage, you know, he didn't seem too confident that they would help uh, Flair. Like, they worked together here and there, but then Flair would turn the back on, like, Barbarian. And Barbarian's like, well, screw you. And then uh, Heenan would get scared. He's like, oh, I, I know Barbarian, but I really don't know what Flair can do against these guys. Mm-hmm. You, I like how you're deep deep dive analyzing this. I like that. I like your analysis. <laughs> Normally Thanks. I do that, and you're, you're all in. I'm rubbing off on you after yeah. several years of doing this show. There you go. There we go. I, I don't know if the rewatch factor applies for me in the sense that if I was alone, just at home, like need something yeah. to watch wrestling, this isn't going to be always be my first choice. I'll get to it at some point, mm-hmm. but it's not. However, if I have a bunch of people over, like, oh, let's watch old school wrestling, like I'll put this on because this has got everybody. It's got everyone it they does. remember. 
you know. And you know, I forgot about you know some of the good tag matches. Um, I mean, for a little bit, Beverly Brothers and Bushwhackers is okay. Uh, the New Foundation, and I feel like I want to say the New Orient Express because they're different members, but I guess it's still the Orient Express. Yeah, you know, that was that was pretty good. Um, Legion of Doom and Disasters. I thought the time of the match was good, like just under ten minutes, but the ending was kind of blah. But you know, yeah, I mean, good to see like two. I mean, four beefs. Bulls. Two yeah, big two, beefy men. Two big beefcakes. <laughs> beefcake teams, not men. There's yeah. four men. A lot of, a lot of so beef I, in the ring. Yeah, I, I would recommend this as, as, you know, totally watch it from beginning to end. And I like it. Okay, that's fair. What letter grade would you give? Let's this do two grades. One, the pay-per-view as a whole. And then two, the Rumble match. Hmm. It's tough, right? Yeah. Because I think, I, I think I'm going to go like... You know, just a solid A on on both. Okay, I, I get what you're saying because you don't want to overgrade it, but you don't want to undergrade it. I'm gonna go. Be, be, well, you're, I you're say change that be, grade. No, no, Whoa, no changing the grade. No, I, was, I was gonna say it, but I didn't know if you were gonna keep talking. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the reason I, I give it the A, like uh, on the whole thing, is because I just recently discovered that there's that other story with Piper. So, like the beginning mm-hmm. of that is also like Piper's chance to win two titles. I'm going to give the show as a whole an A. It's an A show mm-hmm. because of because the matches we talked about. Yeah. I'm going to give the Rumble a B plus. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I even want to do that. I think I want to bump it up to an A minus, but I also don't know <laughs> if I want to do that. You know? Yeah. It, I, you know what? It gets an A minus. It's got so much good stuff in it. And I love Bobby Heen. You hate him in this thing. And it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. And the story they tell on the announcing is good. Yeah. And then the Piper pop, the Hogan pop, the, the I don't know why the hell Sid stuck his hand out. Like you said, like that's funny too. We'll give yeah. a minus. It's a damn good show. Yeah. And everybody knows that. And I hope this week we were able to provide a different spin on it than you guys have heard before. Mm-hmm. Then the background. Because everyone's done this show. Everyone's seen this show. Yeah. What else can we add to it? So we just added our own spin to it. Like well, what I, we I, I skipped over a note here that I wanted to just go back to. Sure. And you know, you're talking about my deep dives on this stuff. Like this kind of just is like a little callback to Heenan's rivalry and like the Heenan family rivalry with the boss man. So when the boss man comes out, you could just hear the fear in like Bobby Heenan's voice. Mm-hmm. Cause he feels like boss man is still out to get him and you know, anybody he's associated <laughs> with. So he's coming right after Ric Flair. So he mm-hmm. is like, does he have his handcuffs? Does he have his nightstick? <laughs> and he's just so worried <laughs> about boss man and, and boss man's like, like a big threat too. So, you know, I I just liked all of that. I was I annoyed. Know. I was annoyed by how annoyed, by how whiny he was. But then, uh-huh. you know, seeing it like I said through a different perspective, it's like now I kind of like how how whiny because he was whiny. I'm not going to deny it, deny it. But you know, I just like how he played that. Well, I don't know if you were watching election stuff with the Georgia things, but every time, like, and we're waiting on Cobb County, I'm like, if you ever take a trip to right. Cobb County, and yeah, there was even Georgia. memes of, like, the, the boss man showed up, like, mm-hmm. who said Cobb County? Yeah. And all that. It's like, someone's like, here, the, like, they were just, like, election official in Cobb County, be the big boss man and all uh-huh. that. So everything's wrestling. I, I didn't see it, so I'll have to look for him. As it, everything's wrestling, as it always is here in life and the PPW podcast. That wraps up the Royal Rumble 92 talk for this week. Uh, before we close the show, a couple thank yous and shout outs to our podcast buddies and shows you should listen to if you have time. And even if you don't, just give them a listen here or there. I know you can't listen to every show's every week and, and keep up, but 
These are the ones that I listen to and that are friends with on the show. Uh, follow our friends at the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Uh, Justin Summers does a show where he interviews wrestlers, talks independent wrestling. It's a unique kind of uh, niche show, which I think I like a lot because shows like ours are kind of broad, and it's cool to sink your teeth into something you might not know about. So check out the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Check out our friends Joe and Quinn over the Our Vantage Point Wrestling podcast. They are the retro wrestling show. They do different segments every week. They're doing the worst feuds. What went wrong is the current stuff this week. They Last week they talked about what went wrong with Diesel's title reign. I had a lot of fun listening to that as well. Also check out our friends Scott and Jeff at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. They put out a show each and every week talking wrestling figures, talking G.I. Joe figures, and everything else under the sun, mainly wrestling figures. They just did their top 10 of 2020, so go back and find that one as well. And our friends Eric and Barry at the Doing the Favor podcast, give them a follow. They do two shows a week. They do a sports show, a wrestling show. They also have a website, doingthefavor.com, which I use a lot. They've got links to the uh, BrickSeek uh, UPC codes if you're looking for anything in particular. So follow all those shows. Listen to all our friends. I always forget somebody, and if I do, I apologize. But thank you to our podcast buddies uh, that we like to interact with and listen to all the time. So thanks, guys. And anything you want to say, Eric, or shout out to before we wrap up? Uh, no, not that I could think of. Do you have a wrestling figure of the year? Is it well, the when, this, when this EO comes in, I'm going to take a look at it. You're going to take a look at it? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's in the running. Okay. I mean, okay. I don't have a lot and I don't buy a lot and I haven't really looked at a lot this year, but last year it was that uh, Natalia. I don't know if you got it, but it just looks so, it looks like, it looks just like her. Like I'm, I'm just amazed at all the detail mm-hmm. they have for Natalia. And this year I think it's going to be EO or for last year's it'll be EO. I don't keep track of what comes out in what year, so I don't know. Well, that, I will ca- say, that, that subject came up, you know, what do you think is the the figure of the year? And I remember getting an Italian in 2020, but then I had to look at when it was released. It was released at the end of 2019. I'm like, well, that's not going to that's not gonna fly with these professionals. They know everything. For sure. For sure, exactly. Like, that's, I think, that's 2019, dick. I'm like, well, 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 I, I bought it I in 2020. <laughs> I don't know if they'd say that. They might, though. No, they might. Uh, that, like, look at this joke. That Ultimate Warrior Legends figure is great. The one where he's the old man and he's got the yeah. jacket and the microphone. That's a great one. I love the AEW Unraveled Jericho. I know okay. there was some criticism of those AEW figures, but with the jacket and the scarf, I was a big fan. And the packaging, all in. I'm going to give it to AEW Jericho as my figure right. of the year, unofficially. I, I like the Orndorff one. I got that new one. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, I like it because it's, uh, yeah, it's the colors I remember him in. Like the, the yeah, red trunks and the boots and the black knee pads. Maybe he'll be at StarCast next year and he can get his autograph. Mr. Wonderful. I don't know if, if anything's going to happen in, in this year. That's why I said next year. Oh, I thought you meant like, you know, in 2021. So well, 2022. Starcast, Starcast wouldn't happen until September. So if we're still in the same situation in September, we got a lot more problems. We do. You know, you know whatever. We're all home. We're all hanging out. We're watching we're, wrestling. We learn to have fun at home now. <laughs> no one wants to leave the house anymore. Let's be honest. I didn't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> Went yeah. to one or two shows a year. Let's be honest. And you, yeah. you're a homebody. You don't like going I, anywhere. Yeah. So I, I was watching a couple TikToks and, you know, there's this girl. 
Well, obviously it's a girl because that's who I identify with, I guess. <laughs> like, she, like she's just at home, like has like her, her uh, Snuggie on and some wine. And the, the, the caption's like, oh, you have to stay home. And the girl's like, oh, no, because she, <laughs> she doesn't do anything anyway. <laughs> like, why would I leave? I have yeah. everything I need here. Why right. would I go Watching somewhere? Watching TV, they got their dog, they got their wine, they you know, got their you know comfortable clothes on. I do hope for restaurants, business, like they're able to open fully soon, uh, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. For me with kids, I much prefer going to the restaurant, getting to take out and eat anything at home because yeah. restaurants with kids is a terrible experience. <laughs> Anyone with kids should know this. You know, I don't know. I don't know why people bring their kids to restaurants. It's not relaxing yeah. at all. It just drives you nuts. And for the longest time, I, I, I liked my food hot. So with mm-hmm. like doing carryouts and stuff like that, the time between the time it's cooked and by the time mm-hmm. you bring it home and it's on the plate, like it's warm. And I'm, I just, I guess I'm just getting used to eating like warm food, putting it in the microwave, heating it up a little bit. And I've learned how to use the power controls on the microwave. So it's not 100% like hot. Like I'll put it in for 45 <laughs> seconds, you know, power four, <laughs> you know, 40%, you know, I do that. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. We got lots of uh, carryout food tips here on the PPW podcast. Support your yeah. local restaurants, get some carryout. Figure out learn how to, how to use, use the microwave. power control of the microwave. It's a lifesaver. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Well, this show was a lot of fun. Eric, anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> very, That's very strong I'm starts out. 2021. Thank you guys for listening to our show. Thank you for all the support you've given us over the years. We've done this show, and we continue to do more shows, and maybe Eric and I will do a watch-along early next week at Legends House or something. That was fun. Yeah, I want to try to figure out how to do like a, either like a Google Hangout or like a Discord or something where like people, we could all do like a watch-along together mm-hmm. on like Skype, group call. I, I'm going to look into it and figure it out. Okay. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to do with everybody. Maybe have some drinks if you're into that or or some bang energy drinks if you're into that too. We can we get some juice some, hugs. Yeah, with a little juice aluminum hugs. foil top. That's right, buddy. I saw him at uh, Meyer the other day. The grocery store out here in the Midwest. No, did I didn't buy, buy them. them. I'm like, oh, they still make the little juice hugs, and that's what they said. Now, when you were hugs. when you were a kid, did you take the foil off or just poke the straw in it? Um, I took the foil off because I I, <laughs> I drank it in like two seconds. <laughs> I mean, you had to get pumped. Oh, I was pumped. I'd have like two or three of them. <laughs> oh, I remember those. I kind of want one now. Like Although, if I, I'm sure if I drank one now, I would like throw up because it's nothing but sugar. Yeah. Yeah, the older I, think, I get, the more I realize like my sugar intake is is really not what it used to be. So when mm-hmm. I have maybe I don't even know what it is. Like sometimes I'll have like caramel popcorn, and it's like too much, and I start feeling like shaky. Like oh my god, <laughs> I don't feel so good. Because <laughs> you're not ten years old anymore. I know. Eat. I just think about like I would just drink like an entire like two liter of pop by myself <laughs> some weekends. You know, yeah. I just pour that shit and drink it. But yeah. it's just crazy to me crazy to me or like but, my you know, dad would come home with like dunkin donuts like the little munchkins and i'd eat yeah probably like i don't know if it was a 40 count or 50 count but i'd probably eat like half of them by noon and i'd be like totally fine <laughs> <laughs> well as as we've gotten older that's kind of slowed down a bit but we when i was a kid too we'd drink all this sugar uh have all these candy and, and all this junk food but i'd go outside and play all day especially in the summer yeah that's true you know, now now kids have organized play dates and and everything mm-hmm. but and there's nothing to do s- outside just look at the grass. What do you do? Climb when you're a tree. A kid? Yeah. No, I'm talking about up. now. I'm like, what would kids do now? Oh, they don't know what to do. There's plenty to do. 
I've, I see kids playing every once in a while in our neighborhood. It's kind of fun to see. They, they go on bike rides and they'll be at the park playing pickup football. I see it from time okay, to time. Yeah. So they're, they're still playing. They didn't make up games like we did. Maybe we'll do a nostalgia show on games you used to play outside as a kid coming up. I think that'll be a fun special show. Like hide and seek? Hide behind a tree? Or like tag. Ghost in the Ghost in the Graveyard? TV tag? <laughs> kill the guy with the ball, which is a game that's not politically correct anymore, so I won't say it, but it was kill the guy with the ball. <laughs> where you just and, murder uh, him with a dodgeball? <laughs> or a volleyball? No, where you have a football and you run back and forth and whoever gets just gets destroyed until he gives the ball up and there's no winners or losers uh, and they used to have that s- smear the uh you know that's what i'm talking the... about yeah we're not oh, going to say that that's the one yeah it's basically kill oh. the guy with the ball that's the name of that game oh okay i thought it was something else well, well i guess it, that's it used pop- to be something else it that's it, it is something else but that's what i'm trying i'm changing <laughs> i'm changing the name to kill the guy with the ball oh, you understand what i'm doing okay. here pal i get it i get it i get it so you it was never so. called kill the guy with the ball no, it was not. We just called it what we called it. And remember, like yeah. 500, where one guy would have a football and they'd say like 50, and everyone would jump, <laughs> try to catch it. And like whoever got mm-hmm. 500 points first won. They got to be the thrower. Yeah. Became full contact. All right. We got to wrap up the show because I'm going to get into nostalgia games, and that will be a right. show in 2020. Well, I, I just, okay. well, I just want to thank you for teaching me uh, crisscross applesauce because I, I was using the wrong terminology for 2020. Well, my daughter <laughs> taught me that crisscross applesauce to sit with your legs crossed. Uh, on the ground so all right well thank everyone for listening eric thanks for coming on and everyone we will see you next week